So when I say silence, I mean being so indulged and engrossed in something that you don't know where time has gone. It can be somewhere in a crowded place. It can be in a noisy place. It can be totally silent. It can be a walk by the beach, anything. But where you're so involved because that's when you're fully alive. In Your Element is a show dedicated to helping you find your element. Every episode will be showcasing an idea, a story, or an interesting person who's living in their element with the hopes of helping you find your own. Being in your element can mean many things. To some, it's a state of peak flow where you're performing at your best, are happy and content with life, and are doing interesting things which are worthwhile talking about. The idea is to uncover stories of people who are living in their element and share wisdom on what it takes for others to help find their own. My guest today is Sophia. Sophia is an executive transformation coach helping brilliant leaders go from success to fulfillment so that they can be the change they want to see in the world. These are the leaders who live, love, and lead wholeheartedly. Sophia has worked with the United Nations and Fortune 100 companies on transformational projects and has created internationally acclaimed leadership groups to bring about global change. Through storytelling, she engages her audience in simple ways, gives hope, and inspires them to make tiny shifts in their lives that create exponential results. Sophia, I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for the kind introduction and for the opportunity to be on your show. Really excited. How are we doing today? How are things in your neck of the woods? I had a nice relaxed day. It's a warm sunny day in Sydney after a week of rain. So can't complain. That's awesome. I'm really curious to hear what is it like um, living in Sydney at this point with the global pandemic and what's going on? I hear Australia is one of those countries that's doing pretty well, but I'd love to hear it from someone who's actually on the ground there. What is it like? So it's different in different cities and states, and it's been different during different months. But we actually had a lockdown, like a real lockdown, only for a couple of months, I think, when schools were closed and we couldn't go out. Since then, life has been in a different normal, like there's still social distancing. For some time, we had to wear masks, but schools have been open. We've been working, working from home mostly. So yeah, life has been okay. But obviously, haven't been able to travel. That's a big one. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And is travel within within sorry within Australia itself, is that something that's restricted or can you still move around? It, it depends on the situation on every state. As soon as there is a community transmitted case, then they close the border, then they open it up again. But if you're traveling, you just don't know you might get stuck because there is quarantine required for two weeks everywhere you're traveling, even to a different state. Oh, wow. That is quite, quite strict. Here in the UK, we, we're in a national lockdown at the moment, but we tend not to have those strict restrictions on travel between different parts of the country. And I think that's that's very interesting. Probably one of the reasons why Australia tends to be doing quite well in this in this respect at the moment. Okay, so I would love to actually just dive straight into it. You 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 mentioned that one of the things that really interests you is high achieving women with um, who 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 struggle with with loneliness, and I would love to learn more about where that interest came from. Let's unpack that a little bit. I think every coach might be able to tell you that, that we kind of attract mirror clients. You've been there at some point in your life and that's why you understand. That's why you're able to empathize and relate and help. And by help, I don't, I don't 
think that a coach does any magic. The magic is with the person because they're ready to transform. So being ready, saying yes to that is a huge gift that takes a lot of courage. And then the coach just facilitates the process, you know, asking the right questions, helping them see things differently. So we don't, so everybody has their element. You just help them see it. Mm. So why I think high achieving, it maybe applies to both men and women. But if you have been a type A kind of person, people, you carry the weight of expectations. You were that topper in school. You were that person who got that job. So if you, like in my case, I realized after I had my first child that I wanted to just stay at home and not work. People wouldn't understand that. Like, why would you want that? Like people would exchange, would have your life any second. And you're saying that I want to step down from this life that I've created. So it's hard to say that you do not want to be this hero that people look up to. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say if you are the person, like, you know, I think I've been studying courage in the past year or so, especially in the recent weeks. And courage, we just use the word so lightly, but this is so profound. It's, it's being able to live your life wholeheartedly. That's what courage is, right? To live with a, with a full heart. To live with a full heart, you have to step out of your comfort zone. So these people found the courage to be who they, how they thought that life is to be lived, how they want to express themselves. But then there was a segment of the population who didn't have the courage and they found their courage or they filled their courage cup by looking at those people. Mm. Right? So if you are stepping down from that mental pedestal where they have put you, they say that you're doing a disservice to us. It could be family members. It could be your friends. It could be your colleagues. You know, they say, if this person couldn't do it, how can I? And even if they were trying to find courage, then they just step back. So the heroes in our culture who are the high achievers or the leaders, I'm talking about uh, people who lead from the heart, people who really care. I'm talking about those leaders. Yeah. So they, they were not only high achievers, they care. So they made a difference. They were the kind of leaders who changed cultures, who changed, who started some advocacy for some organization, or even if they were in a corporate world, the teams were engaged and inspired because they had kind of manager or leader. So long story short, I think high achievers are lonely because it is more difficult for them to say that I need help, that I want to redefine what success means, or that all these goals that I was taking, why am I still not happy? So, and why women? Because I think when you get into business, you just have to focus on a niche. That's how I started. I thought being a woman, I understand what it is for a woman. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know, there's a lot that you mentioned there that I'm sort of seeing in parallel with some of my own experience, actually. I tend to be, you know, on, on the spectrum of, of personality, more towards that type A sort of go-getter. And you mentioned, you know, things like struggling with, with loneliness and, and isolation. That's that's quite That's quite interesting because... I think there's this bit of a a paradox with with you know high achievers where they recognize the importance of of solitude and being in a lot of times required to spend a lot of time on your own working on things and for me an example of this would be i think a lot of people go through this like through college university school whatever 
if you want to do a good job, that inevitably means spending a lot of time on your own, working, studying. And there's a lot of other examples where you do have to spend a lot of time on your own. And I think, you know, a lot of people almost become programmed to think, okay, when I want to achieve something, I need to spend that time kind of on my own, doing the work, grinding. And I think a lot of people, when they struggle in other areas of their life, they almost naturally fall back to this pattern of isolation and solitude because they think that's what's going to help them get through it. In some cases, it might help. But in a lot of cases, what we actually need at those points in time is maybe more connection with other people. And so I think that's a really, really interesting highlight that you brought about. Before we dive into this a little bit more, I would actually love to take a step back because you mentioned um, that, you know, I, I would I would love I would love to learn more about how you got to where you are at the moment. I know in your TED talk you mentioned how you used to work with the United Nations and then you made a transition into working more as an entrepreneur. I would love to learn more about where you came from and how you got to to this point. So interestingly, I I haven't made much decisions in my life. I just went with the flow. Like, you know, how a river just meanders through and wherever it's going, let's just go. And in my work, I think, um, I don't know how it came to me, but my tagline is let life coach you. And I think COVID has shown us that. So anybody who had those vision boards for 2020, what happened? Really nothing. Because life had other plans and life always does. In today's world, the skills that you might need is agility, adaptability. So you set an intention that this is what I want to do. Have big dreams, yes. But then go with the flow of what life is offering. So just like, you know, quickly about me. I come from Pakistan originally. And um, for university, I moved to Switzerland because my father was working there. Lived there for a good part of the decade. And then my parents moved back. I stayed on. But then I missed home. I missed my parents a lot. So I moved back. And somehow after two, three years, I ended up in Australia, even though I had moved back to never move out again. <laughs> but you know how life goes. You just don't know. So for the past decade, I have been here. And I have no idea where the coming years will take me. So that's what it is. And I feel that the past decade past decade has been when I went to Life University. And I feel like that this COVID-19 that's happening on the outside, but my whole my own life has been quite dramatic in the past two, three years. So everything is coming to a close now. Like, you know how you close one door and another door opens? So how I see life now is like... Um, if you like reading books, especially fiction, like novels that take you, novels based in historic times. So I see life as different chapters now. So in every chapter, like every, at least I think every five years, you're a new person. Every five years is a new story, even if you're living in the same house. But your friends, the people who are coming to your house more, where you're working, things would have changed. How you feel, how you dress up, your hairstyle. That keeps changing every five years. So again, like, you know, the person that you were, if you're still trying to be the same person, something is wrong. Then you're not growing, you're not learning, you're not moving on. So now I've just, I see the page turning. I'm like, okay, quite curious. Let's see what's next now. Wow. I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. And especially 
throughout the last year where everyone has everyone's lives has been you know thrown upside down in in one way yeah. or another i think having that attitude that okay i'm actually going to use this to take a step back reflect take stock and say how am i becoming another person at the moment i think that's that's really useful i'd be curious to know you mentioned that life is all about doors that are opening in one way and closing in another what are some of the doors that have opened for you in the last year or so in particular i mean given um honestly a few years ago i didn't even know what was a life coach i confess my ignorance <laughs> living in today's world this is talking about 6 7 years ago but i went through some things in my life that i needed help so i needed therapy and when i started so i was seeing this counselor and all we were doing was i was going to her and i was crying right and i was like i can go and cry i mean i can talk to my mom and cry i can sit down with my friend and cry it's not really helping because i'm quite a forward looking person and i'm like okay just fix me and i'll move on <laughs> that used to be my attitude at that time not anymore now i know that grief and everything has to go through a cyclic process and after that i started seeing a coach and that really helped me move forward and that's when one of the uh, tools not tools but one of the techniques that i love is neuroplasticity so what that does is that they um so i had gone through like a very traumatic one of event so that's where i had to work on it so they in uh, neuroplasticity they actually help rewire your brain that's when i fell in love with how the brain works and i understood that as human beings we are so powerful we just forget like look at this the way it's just a masterpiece your brain so we just got to know it and you thought that it was it's it's just a computer just like you know pre-programmed it. it's as simple as that we are going through like years and years of therapies and trauma i mean i'm i'm acknowledging people have real bad experiences that needs that need help right so i'm not dismissing that but generally for like like normal life experiences you can move on quite quickly and then i said okay who are these people what do they do and i then i realized my corporate background is in change management and cross organizational transformation then i realized that i was doing so much of it at work anyways coaching facilitating training then i went and i did my certifications then i worked with some of the top coaches that i wanted to work with really like you know learned it from the people that i inspired to be like So yeah that's where it all started. Wow, neuroplasticity. I love neuroplasticity. Just a week ago I interviewed Keith Blake Bonoble who is the UK's number one fear strategist and this is oh. definitely one of the concepts that he definitely makes a lot of use of. He was explaining how to help people overcome fear. He uses techniques to help rewire people's brain, things like exposure therapy, and that's really really interesting. I'd love to hear more about how you use neuroplasticity to help rewire your brain and also the brains of other people to help them overcome these limiting beliefs and help them achieve that transformational change. See neuroplasticity you need when you're really you've hit your rock bottom. That's when you need that. So I needed it at that time. And then going forward I think a fit something that everyone should do is actually listen to some videos on youtube or watch them how the brain works as simple as that so i did like you know just out of curiosity some online courses on understanding the brain so really curious about that 
what I have found, I am in love with journaling. So asking the right question, using the right questions to answer is very powerful because that's a very effective tool to rewire your brain. Secondly, another thing that I have literally, my favorite thing right now, I'm totally in love with, is holding circles. So in Pakistan, when we were when we were small, my father was posted in Balochistan, which is the area bordering Afghanistan. So if you know anything about that area, it's very barren, like black, brown, barren mountains. You can drive for hours and hours and you will not even see a single tree or an animal. It is so lifeless, right? But it is stunning. And when you see life like little oasis, it has the most beautiful waterfalls and, you know, those gardens and... So there's no life, but there's, it is so rich in culture, music, minerals, all of those things. So that's, so that's where I grew up for the first 10 years of my life. So I feel that that wilderness is home to me. If I compare that to the Swiss mountains, I would prefer that. So you can imagine. I mean, I'm in love with Switzerland. I spent a lot of time there. But that wilderness is home to me. And because it's a tribal area, so from childhood, we saw the power of circles because every decision in those little towns was made by the elders sitting together. That was their court, that was their uh, council, that was their fun place. Everything was in circles. So even the kids would sit in circles to tell stories. So I think it just finding the power of circles as an adult just reconnected me back to where I came from. That was so powerful. So now every, uh, so in my group coaching program, for example, every call that we do on Zoom is like a circle. My mentor, uh, whose program that I attend, and she's like the mentor of this leader of our program. So she holds now, this year, we have an annual membership and she holds circles around the lunar cycle. So that's my goal with this year, to live, because everything goes in a cycle, like the solar system, the sun and the moon going round. So this year I'm focused on finding my rhythm with the universe, with the rhythm of the universe. So what I'm saying is that you start by scientifically understanding the brain, but as you go deeper, you cannot help becoming more spiritual. And maybe spiritual is not the right word. You just discover your soul. And once you discover your soul, soul is a song. Soul is like, it dances like it's in the water, you know, it's so fluid. You can't give it identities. You can't put it in boxes. It's such a beautiful place to be in. So once I think that's like the common human element, what makes us human is that. What makes us similar is that. And after being here, I've also started questioning the way we practice being inclusive at work, for example. Because in the modern way, the way we are trying to be inclusive is actually creating more separation. Because you're putting so many demographics into boxes. You're saying, you're this, this is me, that is you. That is us, that is them. Now let's be inclusive. Such so maybe, I don't know, doesn't sound like the right place to start. Yeah, that is... Beautiful. I something that that came to mind when you were mentioning that 
life is almost like a song. The soul almost sings. Something I learned recently is that when we're really stressed, biologically speaking, your your heart actually beats in a very regular way. There's this notion of heart rate variability, which is an indicator of, of how stressed your nervous system is. And when your body is in a very sympathetic state, then it tends to be very regularly, almost like a train, like bang, 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 bang. But it actually turns out when you are relaxed, when your body is healthy in that rest and digest mode, then your heart actually doesn't beat very regularly. It actually almost sings. It, you know, it beats like boom, 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 boom. And I think that is such a beautiful way of, of, of looking at, at health and, and, and life. And I see a lot of parallels in, in biology with this notion of how, you know, life is almost like a song that it, that it sings. And this idea that, you know, uh, we, we all go through cycles and different chapters in life and, helps to actually become more comfortable with that idea that we're all going to go through seasons. There are seasons in, in the weather. There are seasons in, you know, in, in economics, there are seasons in, or, or cycles in biologically speaking. And I think sometimes people have this aversion to, to change that prevents them from really diving in and, and making the most of that. This is something that I tend to struggle with a lot because I tend to be quite, quite stubborn and, and I want things to be a certain way. And if I put my mind to something, I don't want a lot of change to happen around that. But what I'm learning is, especially with things like biology, it pays so much more dividends to actually work with the system to understand that, you know, no, there are going to be seasons where you may actually have more energy for some things than, than others. And what I would love to learn more from is how can people become more comfortable with this idea that there are seasons, there are things that will change so that we can inevitably help to work with the system rather than against it? I think first of all is, um, this is not my quote, quoting it from one of the coaches. They say that you are not the pilot, you're the aeroplane. So we think we are the pilot. That's why we're trying to be in control all the time. So when you realize that life is a pilot and you're the airplane, then you just enjoy the ride. You sit back. So if life is taking care of you, why do you want to stress? Why don't you just enjoy life and like, you know, chill? I know easier said than done, but it's actually easy. In saying that, all of us have to go through our own journey. What applies to me doesn't apply to someone else. All of us, whoever we are becoming, we have to go through our own struggles our own ups and downs to become the person that we are looking to become. In some way or the other, we all have set our intention and sent it out to the universe, whatever higher power you believe in, consciously or unconsciously, we have all done it. Yeah. And if somebody is listening and they think that they might have done it unconsciously, do it consciously, ask for guidance. I'm not saying that you have to believe in God, but whatever you believe in, Ask for guidance because it, it is one of those things that you need to ask for. And then it's given. And many times in my life, when I've gone through my downs, I've asked why me? But then I remembered that I had an intention, I asked for it. I wouldn't be the person that I've become today if I hadn't gone through what I went through. 
And there are people who have, uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate with a very protected life, but there are people who have gone through things that we can't even imagine. And they have come out as like the most positive person possible. And some people went the other way. What? Why do you think where's the difference? It was what you asked for is what you get. So I think setting an intention is extremely powerful. And if you don't know, then ask, set an intention to find out. So wherever you are, first thing is to become clear about what inspires you, what makes you happy. If there was a first step, you say, what's the right next step? So just say that, like, you know, um, if you're making a decision, even if you're walking somewhere and you look at two roads, two ways that you can go, which one would, you, would I enjoy more? One looks over the river, the other has open sky. Which one do I prefer? Every person has a different preference. Every day I might have a different preference. One day I want to look at the river, another day I just want to be listening to my music and not focus on what's around. So what brings me joy, what inspires me, start from there, ask for guidance, and set an intention that please let me be the person who will make a difference. The world doesn't rest on your shoulders. That's another ego game. So don't get there. The world won't stop if you stopped. So don't be so full of yourself. But yeah, help people, starting with your neighbors, smiling to people in the bus. I think these simple things are more important than trying to change the whole world. I definitely second that. And, you know, yesterday I had a very, very powerful reminder of the power of these these small gestures. I, I, every, every morning I love to go out for a walk, uh, do some exercise or, or something just to change my, my state because we don't have that transition from home to work anymore. I find it's very powerful to artificially bake in that transition in, in my life. So in the mornings, I always try to have some kind of routine just to change my state, go outside, get a walk, come back, even if it's just for a few minutes so that I haven't just gone from bed to laptop and Yesterday, I went to one of my favorite coffee places just down the road, and I love having conversation with baristas. I don't know what it is, but I just find that baristas make for such good conversation, like barbers as well. I'm not sure how it is going to hairdressers for, 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 for women, but I love going to, to barbers because they make for some amazing conversation. And I've, um, I've gotten quite friendly with one of the baristas there, and he noticed that yesterday... He noticed, you know, Aaron, you look a little bit down today. Um, and just kind of asking that question and seeing, you know, how how I was, that made such an impact in my day. And after a bit of chit chat, you know, I asked him for my for my regular, which he remembered because I go there so often. And he actually, you know, he actually said, "No, just go go for it. Just take it. Um, it's on me today." And that to me was such a was such a powerful and kind gesture. It made my day. You know, I was feeling a little bit down for some silly reasons earlier, and that completely changed my day. And it was just a small, a small gesture. And we all have that power within us, you know, to smile to a stranger, to compliment someone. And that makes all the difference. So I am definitely a huge fan of that. And I try at least a couple times a week to put myself out of my comfort zone and do one of those things, whether it's complimenting a stranger or you know, performing some kind of gesture that um, perhaps is not part of my normal routine because it can make that difference in someone else. So I definitely believe in in the power of that. And 
one of the things that you mentioned was it's very important to set an intention because there's a lot of power in that. And I, I really firmly believe in the power of intention and I've had other people on the podcast and spoken about the power of visualization as well and how powerful that is. I think there are many different levels at which this, this, this works. There's the, the biological, there's perhaps even more than that if, you're, if you believe in, in you know, like the spiritual side of things as well. And with, with intention setting, I think when you set a powerful intention, you are almost programming your subconscious to start solving problems in ways that are gonna help you achieve that. So if you say, I really want to buy a yellow car, for some reason, you will start noticing a lot of yellow cars, which I think is really interesting. Your brain is almost working for you there because you've set that attention. Things that normally you wouldn't notice, now you're noticing. What I'd love to hear from you is how you've used this tool in your life to help get where you are and how we can improve our own um, techniques or, or, or ways of, of setting intentions. Have you come across anything in particular that works for you? Uh, so two things that I'm a big fan of is gratitude with what you have. So always don't try to be getting somewhere because when you get there, there'll be something else to get to. You get this job, then you want that job. You get this car, then you want that car. You have one kid, you want another kid. So, you know, that's, there's always more. And recently I heard this phrase, like, you know how we used to say less is more, but less is enough. So just coming from that place, always being grateful. So starting from the place of gratitude and that's when, and then setting an intention for what inspires you. So, don't set an intention from a place of neediness or desperation. That's my point. Always be feeling grateful for what you have because what you have is exactly what you need. Maybe if you're going through a difficult time, maybe you need to go through that time to be the person that you're going to become in the future, to become the leader that or the role that you're going to play in the world. We don't know. And now if I look back, in my life, everything is so well laid out. I can just see it like a story being written. So with intention, I think uh, in the morning when you wake up, like um, the morning routine is quite important. I know a lot of people emphasize I'm an early riser, like 4.30, 5 a.m. is my wake up time. I sleep early as well. That's really important. But I, I think everybody's morning routine is different. So you can't follow anybody else's. Like I am an early riser, but I'm not productive in the morning. So I don't even try to work. I get up, I do my workout, I laze around. Sometimes I go back to sleep until the kids wake up. So, you know, for every, I need to give myself that lazy space in the morning to be, because I need, I need silence. Some people work really well, like, you know, they're on their laptop writing emails. That's all fine. But when you wake up for the first five, 10 minutes, find some silence and set an intention for the day. Maybe it's something that you need to finish. It can be a task. Like it can be tangible, intangible, materialistic, or emotional. It can be anything. But probably an intention, more like a prayer, you know, that helped me find this, help me finish this. Another important thing is, um, finding silence and you can find silence in noise as well 
some people love dancing to pop music but they get so lost that they have no idea how much time has gone by so when i say silence i mean being so indulged and engrossed in something that you don't know where time has gone it can be somewhere in a crowded place it can be in a noisy place it can be totally silent it can be a walk by the beach anything but where you're so involved because that's when you're fully alive so probably if you can like you know i think every day if you can have that your energy would be really different like if you were to get an average of the energy which has which goes down throughout the day so if you find those 10 15 minutes your average will be much higher obviously you'll be more productive you'll be more positive all of those things and eventually so you start from there but obviously you have to progress you can't just keep doing that so you add more things and finally you come to a point where you're very comfortable in sitting in silence doing nothing for 10 minutes 30 minutes an hour or whatever once you bring you're able to bring yourself to that point and obviously you take small steps you can't do it overnight it took me years but consistent small steps i think this is where your brain you don't need to calm it down anymore because that's more of your uh, neutral state you feel happy you feel joy you cry you feel grief but none of that is extreme anymore you you feel an emotion i think i feel emotions fully now because previously when i felt them so they were like um emotions were like children you know asking for attention throwing tantrums but now emotions are wise they, they let you know that i'm here they let you know what you need to see they let you know what you need to release what you need to receive so the emotions now have become a wise guide and they need to complete their cycle like if there's grief i'm feeling sad i will leave everything i'll sit down and cry i won't hold it back i won't care if there are people around me i won't care if i'm going to be judged i need to cry right now so i will sit down and cry mm, that is that is so powerful the idea that we should listen to our emotions rather than trying to to fight them and you know what i'm hearing in a lot of what you're saying with this idea of of taking a moment for silence and then being able to be more in tune with your emotions i think there are very similar benefits to having some kind of meditation practice as well in that in that silence or just being reflective giving more time and attention on your your inner self and and your emotion i think that helps give you the space to be less reactive to your emotions and more attentive and something that i'm i'm trying to learn to do more of myself is not just to listen to my emotions but to actually feel them just as you mentioned as well if if you feel upset about something then rather than try to fight that which is inevitably going to prolong the suffering it's probably best to actually just let's let's feel this let's actually just let it in and what i'm finding is that most of the time the unpleasant feelings actually last much much less time than if i were to just try and resist it for 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 all that for all that time and i think that's that's really powerful and what you mentioned about taking silence so that you can be in a place where time almost goes by without noticing that's also another really interesting concept i think it ties into this idea of 
of flow, which I'm, which I'm a huge believer in. The idea that you can be doing something and really feeling like you're in your element and time is just slipping by. <clears throat> you may be working on something that you love. You're in front of a computer and you're writing something and the words are just flowing out like a waterfall. You are um, perhaps designing something, you're drawing something and it's just coming onto the page. I love moments like that. I think I would characterize those as peak experiences in life. And it's really interesting to me that you're finding that silence is one of the most powerful tools to help you you get there. I'm really curious to know what other tools have you found that help to achieve that 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 state where you're that you're you're feeling like you're you're in your in your element that time is just passing by. I think one thing I don't know if it's directly and directly related, but that really really helped me was to stop labeling things as good or bad. Like, you know, we we think that we need to put everything in a box. How I'm feeling, either what I'm feeling has to be positive or negative. If you, if I'm feeling jealous, it has to be bad. Jealousy sometimes can be an indication that I want that as well. Nothing wrong with it. Okay, I'll try for it as well. So taking everything as is. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling bad today. I'm just feeling today. I'm being this today. This work is boring. This work is interesting. It is just work. If it needs to be done, like some admin stuff, all of us don't like. It's work. It needs to be done. Sit down and do it. Be an adult. So not judging things, not analyzing things, will because everybody has a lot of voices, and especially in the modern world, like lots of thoughts going in your head constantly. So just, just silence those thoughts. And the way to silence those thoughts is to stop making judgment and analysis. It's like a muscle that you build, you know, it's like a habit. So very gently become aware of it. You find yourself going down that vicious circle again, stop right there. You know, even things like this friend hasn't given, hasn't called me black, must be something, you know? And then the whole cycle starts, the voices in your head. I didn't, I, I've, I've got two rejections from this job. Something must be wrong with my CV. Maybe I need to do another course. Maybe I need to look, start looking into another sector. And then the thought process starts. So analysis is important. Like look at it objectively. Okay, maybe I need to improve my CV, have a plan to take action, and then you're done. Don't think, overthink it. So stopping judgment helps you find silence. So this, you cannot skip that step and just come to silence. And practicing any kind of meditation, for me, even dancing is meditation. So any kind of meditation will help you build this muscle more quickly. And third thing is not to have agendas in life. We even meditate. We have an agenda for meditation. I want to get rid of my headache. I want to look after my well-being. Everything that we do has to have a reason. There should be an agenda. Even friendship, there are agendas behind friendships. There are agendas behind why I want to do this kind of work. Agenda behind why I do I want to do this. Can I just not eat it because I love it? So even meditation, like, so meditate without an agenda. Be curious, like a river flowing, to see where it will take you. Mm, that's very powerful. And I think especially for those type A personalities that you talk about. I think a lot of those kinds of people struggle with this idea of 
analysis paralysis and just relying on their their head a little bit too much to to guide them. I think intuition is a really powerful tool and it's something I'm also trying to learn to make use of more. You know, one of the people that I find quite inspiring, for example, are people, you know, leaders like Steve Jobs, for example. He's been quite open about how he relied on intuition to help make some of the most important decisions in, in his life. And what what I've noticed is that intuition and emotions, that is another kind of 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 processing. It almost feels like when you rely on intuition that you're kind of letting go and, and, and going with the flow. But I actually think in a lot of ways, relying on your intuition actually is in a paradoxical way, almost more analytical because I think that your subconscious is making all of these calculations, all of these things for you without you having to think. So I think listening to those those emotions, those guides, as you mentioned, is sometimes a smarter thing to do because it's having, you know, it's being able to do all of these, all of this, this thinking and this processing in the background for you. And I think listening to that can be, can be very useful. So that's an, a very, very powerful insight. Now I know that we're, we're coming up to the top of the hour now, and it's been an absolutely fascinating conversation with you. Before we wrap up, I have a couple of questions. One would be, you mentioned that one of the forms of meditation you like most is dance. What is your favorite kind of dance? I didn't even know that I love dancing so much until a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I wasn't like, you know, in school and stuff, I wasn't the person who would be, who would get up to dance. So I discovered that recently. And um, so it's just free-flowing dance. I think I let myself move. I put on my big headphones, like the, I don't know what you call them, the ones that block the noise. Mm -hmm. And just flow around the room from one corner to another. But I do feel it's more like if I'm like underwater and then the limbs just take you wherever they take you. Awesome. For me, it's hip hop. <laughs> I love hip hop. Okay. I love hip hop. Um, and it's something that I miss being able to do in person as well. I used to, every Wednesday after work, I used to go and do hip hop in, in Covent Garden in London. And I miss that okay. so much. Uh, so okay. I've been doing it remotely more, but I still miss doing it in person because it's always, it's always a laugh to just see how, how bad I am compared to other people. And that to me is just, it's very humbling and I love it. But I think it's so good if you're a bad dancer because it takes the pressure off you. People know you're a bad dancer, so you just move the way you're <laughs> That is so true. And I think there's almost this childlike happiness that comes from knowing that you're not a great dancer and then still enjoying it anyway. And there's always, you know, we all have those friends that aren't great dancers, but they just have such a good time that it makes it, it kind of, it doesn't even matter what they look like because they're just having such a good time. Yeah. I think we all need to learn how to, how to apply that to other aspects of our life as well. Just enjoy. It doesn't matter what we look like or how good we are. So I think that's 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 a beautiful, beautiful analogy. So before we wrap up, I have one more question I'd love to ask. And that is something that I'm asking other guests on the show as well. It's a question I like to borrow from Tim Ferriss. And that is, if you could put up a billboard that said one thing, what would it be and why? So my new one is follow your bliss. 
it's a Buddhist saying, but I'm so in love with it. Mm-hmm. Like, just like you're saying, your intuition, you always know. So what makes you happy? What inspires you? Let life coach you. All of that, I think you can summarize into follow your bliss, you know? You know where your bliss is taking you. Wow. I think that's really powerful. And definitely from our conversation, I think it helps to summarize a lot of the lessons that you have definitely been been trying to 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 share and also apply in your own life and the lives of the people that you that you work with well Sabia, it's been an amazing conversation with you thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show before we wrap up you know is there any way that people can find out more about you if they'd like to work with you how can they learn more uh i'm very happy to get connected on linkedin because that's where i'm most present or active i'm not a social media person so you may not find me find a lot of me around, but LinkedIn is the place, or you can go to my website, but happy to connect on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. If you have any interest in becoming a better person in in going through this, the same transformation that Zobia has been talking about, then definitely do get in touch, learn more about Zobia. I'll link her website in the show notes and also her LinkedIn for those of you that are interested. Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the show and share your attention and listen with us today. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the show. In Your Element is proudly brought to you by a single dude from his London apartment. This show does not have social media. I'm not going to ask that you leave a rating or a follow. Instead, I'd love to see you coming back just because you're seeking something different, are genuinely curious, and are looking for ways to really find and live in your element, just as I am. As always, keep being you, keep crushing life, and keep finding your element. I'll see you in the next one.